0: Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's
1: ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Welcome to the Friday show. It's Friday, so uh, I'm drinking a Mexican Coke to honor the day. Um, I'm good. alone, which is rare. I have got the house to myself. So, hey, what's going on? Uh, except for the dogs, of course, but- <laughs> yes, As one walks into the frame. I know, as one walks into the frame, but except for the dogs, I am by myself. Um, so yes, my my son is with my wife today, which is really good. And here we go. So uh, let's get started. Um,
1: us, sure? So let's, let's talk a little baseball. It's been a few days. Um, the lockout's still there. They had a 15 minute session the other day. Now I don't again, I, I'm with Kevin Allen. The time of the sessions don't matter to me because honestly, if you're giving a response to somebody else's response, you could have it all it's a cough, Mike. Might I have a dog that cough. It's so anyhow, um, you could give a response to anybody else's response, and that would literally take five minutes. And so if they just say, Hey, thanks for that, and they're not gonna hash out things that minute, I don't necessarily get mad. What I get mad at is just not hearing much progress, and there really isn't much progress. And the thing, uh-oh, the thing Man. that can, the thing that kind of gets me—I'm going to work on my internet here. Well, no I'm. Skip the beat there. The thing that kind of gets me is uh, there's definitely a split of people out there: some that support the owners, some that support the players. I'm kind of like in the middle, where I'm I'm. I'm mad at both because I see the shortcomings of both. And that seems to be in the um, in the minority because I think it's easier to just go with the players act. they're on Twitter. They yeah, all please. have your blank faces. They tweet responses. And everybody's yeah. like, yeah, that's great. Meanwhile, when nobody is in spring training, except for the minor leaguers who have to pay their own way, they're the guys that really need the support. They're the ones that need the housing. They're the ones that need all of this stuff. And the longer that this takes, the less of a chance that they have of getting that. And so they don't give up. They don't give an F about those guys. Yeah, I mean, they should, but they probably don't. They were them five or six years ago. I did hear a stat. Wayne Fish was telling me a stat, and I forgot where he got it from. But something like 60% of baseball players are worth like $100 million. It's something like that, where they've made that much wealth. It's not like you you have that money in cash, but you've made that much, and and that is part of the problem of the sport because you have the haves and have-nots, the rich teams and the nots. I'm one of the rich teams, obviously, but I wasn't that way in nineteen, you know, sixty eight when I really started watching. That wasn't necessarily the case, but it's turned into that, and so I get it if you're a fan of the Royals and you've had money a couple times and that's it. And then there's also the players, the haves and the have nots. And sure. actually, the way there's very few young players now that could sort of live out the dream and afford to be in the minors for more than a couple of seasons. There are guys that used to be in the minors eight years. Remember, you used to hear these stories. Yeah. Minors eight years, he finally makes it up. Remember Chris Coast um, from the Phillies? Yeah. He was in the minors for like eight, nine years, you know, and he made it. Nobody yeah. could do that anymore. Nobody could afford it. you have to get a real job because the world's too expensive and yeah that's the part that really gets me about baseball is is even if they when they do correct this and they will at some point and maybe it'll take till june maybe it'll be next week but they'll never correct that part that's what always bugs me
2: yeah no it's 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 a really it's a really good point it's it's amazing you know like the minor league sports has always it's always been kind of a fascinating thing that way in general like you know like um minor league hockey for years was yeah, I remember talking to people about you know the AHL players had to get jobs in the off season and stuff like that. It was just it's not but like no, NHL,
0: NHL players used to have to right. Yeah. Yeah. at
2: least
1: they have a union act. The, the now B- they do a- yeah, a- and and they they've done good things for the players. These minor leaguers, they don't even have that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but I mean, for for example, I know that you know,
0: like like America, because since I do uh, cap central for Hockey Buzz, um, most of the uh, Minor leaguers on their ELCs or even on their second contracts make less than $100,000 U.S. So in a city like Toronto where that's like minimum wage, you know, two or three of these guys have to live together in the same place because they just simply can't afford the rent for, for places, but I'll just, I'll just say this, Russ, and I I heard, uh, Jeff Passon from ESPN talking about this yesterday, everything sounds good. Everything will be great all solidarity, solidarity will be together, you know, Kumbaya until March 31st, when the first paycheck misses, and then it'll be blood sport. They'll be after, you know, they'll be after each other like crazy. So I was
2: ironic because like, you know, following the, having been like kind of like born out of the first big lockout and all that stuff here, mm um i definitely learned a lot about the the idea of backing the players or the owners you know and, and how that goes back how that does go back and forth and that is yes. a situation where at the end of the day you really have to you really have to blame them both for just not figuring it out like it's, yeah. it's really <coughs> like i've said before it's, it's obvious like where any other
1: business like most yeah. of the time you're working for somebody like you're always working mike's, for somebody like mike's overlord is as an example and everybody has one and <laughs>
2: That's not <laughs> true. No, Mike and I work for the readers of Hockey Buzz. I mean, that's what we do. And it's like, no, no you know, But everybody has a boss, right? We do. And usually in a business, if you're working and you're one of like
1: 25 employees, let's say in like yeah. a big corporation or a medium corporation, that guy usually lives in a mansion and he yeah. is going to just give you so much in a raise. I know so much this in a, a raise. Long, <laughs> um and you know and so
2: this is the there's Lester.
1: always going to be that division between <laughs> players and owners and i always say look the players could start a league anytime they want but they, they can't see. they,
2: they see don't want it they, i they oh, like want to do because they don't no one wants that like no one wants it. it's it being being the boss and running the whole thing and being personally like, you know i remember talking to the talking to the owners about this stuff you know like at the end of the day it comes it falls back on the owners i mean during during the pandemic it, it fell back on the owners i mean yeah. that the reality is, like, that's, you know, no one cared. The players, they had to play hockey. The players had to get paid. The owners weren't making any money. You know, if it, it falls yeah. back on the owners at the end of the day. It really For does. Sure. And, and a lot of those guys have a lot of money. Yes, it's true. But they're not, you know, they're not philanthropists to, to rich hockey players. Right. um You know, and the reality is, you see, it, you see it go back and forth all the time. And you will, you'll follow you you know, it, you'll follow it more and more. It, and, and it is frustrating. You will run into people on both sides. Like, I tried to find, you know, that, like... The the people who are really were were trying to find a bridge because there are bridges and there's plenty. At the end of the day, they're going to have to. And the crazy thing about it is to me, like right now, the whole thing in baseball, is, like hockey, is being driven by like the really big money players, you know, who want yes. and it's and they're the ones who are driving it, and they're also the ones who are going to complain the most when they don't get paid for the first mm-hmm. paycheck. So it's, it it really they are the other guys know that and they're in the middle. And they're like ah, you know, eventually. Actually, you know, I, said, I said the minor
1: like, leaguers, it'd be better if they had their own union rather than being stuck in the major league union because you know they their voice in that union is almost nil
2: yeah but not just the minor league players like a lot of the like regular major league players who aren't making you know right the guys who who just yeah yeah i mean everyone's making good money but the guys who are guys who are going to miss like if if people are going to miss a whole year who are making a 100 million dollars in that year or whatever in baseball like it is i don't know know how much the people the highest paid baseball player makes per year but yeah, i would
1: okay. say it's about 40 now mike
2: okay What's so that? about so forty a nice million a year for the highest
1: play baseball player uh 43 million
0: i think for sure yeah. so
2: how many guys are over 10 million in baseball per year you think? Oh, it's oh, God, that's a lot it's yeah. a lot right so anybody who's missing is uh, no one's willing to no one's willing to stick on their principles for to lose 10 million dollars right um and, and, if, that, you're
1: and backup, if you're a backup catcher you might be in the league for three years and you might right. be making uh, a million or a million and a half or something yeah. a year and then that's gonna last you the rest of your life
2: right that has the rest, has the rest of life. That, that, that's not a lot of money to last the rest of your life so especially when you're like 22 or 23 yeah. years old if you plan on living long so yeah there you have it um but let's get going that's really interesting right. we'll see how this is all right today's the 18th hello hockey uh let's try this again <laughs> hello hockey world it's friday it's friday <laughs> It's Friday, February 18th,
1: 2022. I'm Michael Licello. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Love <laughs> it.
2: And then you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on hockeybuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I want to start with um, that glorious game I watched last night. Oh, um, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> between the Washington Capitals and the Philadelphia Flyers, which really feels it was just it was it was the epitome you know i really you guys you're at the games you guys you you didn't get a chance i don't know mike if you i don't know what you if you're you're watching i know did you did you get to hear al morgani in between the periods and something all right i know you didn't i did so um al is going through an emotional roller coaster right now it's very funny he's he's a really level-headed guy and really and really good guy but he also is like he's he he knows what he's talking about first of all Mm -hmm. he's very good um secondly he he does go emotionally up and down, and he was he was saying you know after the first two periods he's like this is the kind of game the flyers have to play they're playing a solid it was 2-2 they're playing hard they're working hard they're getting chances uh they're out shooting the capitals um and it looked like you know this he's like this if they can do this you know they'll keep it going and it was funny the uh the announcers you know keith jones and jackson or jim jackson mm-hmm. were like you know, oh wow well, wow well, that's some positive stuff there from al you know for 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 a rarity because al you know pretty al rips him in the, between periods he sure. has no problem ripping him which is great Which the flyers pay him and the, he still rips him he doesn't care but he was actually he was actually doing some positive things and then then when the third period comes along and the flyers take the lead with about what five minutes to go mm-hmm. three two lead and then the capital score on three of their next four shots right so the the, the reality of this situation is just it's just insane like and as you, as I'm sitting here watching this thing, the game
1: were 57 minutes long. The Flyers would have won it.
2: Yeah, and I texted out to the group, you know, last night. I'm like, you know, first of all, that Samsonov goal. The the third goal we had. Okay. We're
1: going to disagree with you on this one.
2: You got to watch it again. I I
0: I watched it three times. It It was not the fault of Samsonov. It was the fault. First of all, Sandheim blows by Backstrom going wide and throws it to the front of the net. And the defenseman who's covering.
2: Yeah. He does, but there's the situation is this: the from the moment Sanheim gets the puck and is driving down the board, driving down the wide, down, driving down wide. Um, Samsonov is back in his net and not set, and he's never set on the play. He never sets. Like the idea is when you know we're taught, you're taught as goalies, you know, when the other team has the puck mm-hmm. and they're at their own blue line, even. <laughs> You need to guard, you need to be, you need to start getting set for where you know if they're skating towards you. You need to be set and looking around, and no and recognizing everything is happening and where where guys are and what could what could develop. Right? Um, he just is so clearly not doing that on this play. Like he's back in his net. He's along the boards. He's right right along the post, and he's also got that thing you know where you are if if you're if you're defending it, someone's coming down the, this down the say your your left winger right wing. Mm-hmm. The right winger is coming towards you on your left and. If if you're a goalie and you're cutting and you're, you're cugging the post, you need to angle yourself like this, right? You need to be angled like this, not like this. Right. Like if you're up against the post like this, and the guy's coming down this way, you are giving way more than if you just turn like this and cut and block the angle, which enables you to block the angle and block any cross pass that comes across there. There was absolutely no reason that Samson. Okay, but well,
1: what about the great plays he made in this game, where he was pouncing on the puck, he was not giving up rebounds, he. I, like, I'm not telling you that's why they beat the Flyers, but I'm telling you he played a good game.
2: No, there were moments when he was really good. and But this is the issue to me is, like, if you're going to – I'm looking at the Capitals' goaltending situation. Like, is any, are any of these guys the ones who can take them to the Stanley Cup? You know, that's what I'm trying when I watch I mean, this thing. All
1: right, if you're going to go with that as the measurement, three-quarters of the league don't have goalies that oh, I know. will do that.
2: I know, and I'm not – Carolina it,
1: Hurricanes don't have a goalie that will do that.
2: But do they do they have to look at Andrew flurry do they have to look at all Alton- no and- i don't think
1: so i think they're i think if he plays like this they won't have to if they know that um Vanacek doesn't come back then they're going to get somebody else right and it's not going to be flurry it'll be have to be somebody cheaper because they don't have much space corpus yeah. Allo somebody like that. yeah corpus Allo or something like that and that's what they're going to run with
2: and I know Anthony in the chat room is a Caps fan. I mean, Samsonov's our guy. Lavi's making Samsonov our guy. Uh, listen, I think Samsonov is probably the best of the goalies you have. You know, probably. I mean, I I you know had my differences on that over the, over the years. But I think if he's his healthiest and his top of his game, probably is. But I just don't necessarily see him at. You know, that's the kind of play with three minutes. five minutes left in the game that you cannot. You're just not focused. You're not focused, and whether but they won or not, the game. They won the yeah. game. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so okay. moving past that. I mean, that's that's. I'm just healthy. saying his
0: record seven and three. Yeah, but then the then the cap scored three goals seven and two three and three.
2: which is you know Martin Jones, and then you know you look at like Martin Jones and like the first goal that Martin Jones allows to tie the game, he's looking the wrong way, like he's completely he's 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 trying to pick up the screen by looking the opposite direction of. Yeah. A, so if a guy's at the point and has a left-handed shot, which is what which is what the case is, you know. And you're you're looking at you're looking out at him. You know you want to stay on this side because his sticks on that side, his body's mm-hmm. on the other side. For some reason, Martin Jones goes this way to get around the screen with a left-handed shot over here. That's never you're never. That's just I don't know. So basic, so ridiculous. Yeah, that fourth
1: goal, Martin Jones was awful. But again,
2: here's what I always
1: say, and it's really been true this year. He's going to give up three goals every game. This one he gave up four. You know when Martin Jones is in there, you pretty much have to score four goals to win. That has been, and the, and the fact that they keep trotting him out there, knowing that. That's you have to change your to me as a coach. You kind of have to change the way you're going to play when Martin Jones is in there. You can't go with the team rhetoric that well, you know, we trust both our goalies and we're like, listen, there's a big difference between Carter Hart and Martin Jones. It's a massive difference.
2: Oh, it's enormous. It's 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 crazy. It's like it's probably the biggest disparity in the league between backup and starting goalie. Like, yeah, Jones Carter doesn't is,
1: even get talked about anymore because Flyer fans just like, why, why bother?
2: Yeah, and it's crazy that the Flyers don't have anything. That they're willing to bring up from the Phantoms to like to try. Well,
1: Sandstrom, look, he's he's been he's he's had some issues with injury, yeah. And they want him to play a full AHL season. So I think you know what? You kind of have to let him uh get through this season. Maybe he'll be up towards the end of the season, that's fine. Maybe you know, they'll try and get Fedotov out of Russia after they win this garbage Olympics, that's fine. Um mm-hmm. they want him to shootout today, but you know, that's what you're looking at right now.
2: Yeah, no, I agree, and um, you know, and to for the Flyers, it's only one game. There's still seven to go on the homestand. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't know what the pitches, pitchforks, and torches were, how they were coming out at the end of that game, Russ. It's, it,
1: it's coming out. I mean, I'll tell you this: this is yeah. how much it's coming out. I mean, when you're talking about losing 17 of 19, forget about the 10 in a row, 11 in a row. This is worse now. I think this is what one win since the new year.
2: Yeah. OK, In
1: 2022. All right. Hold on So one sec, Mike. So so watching Yo and I watch every one of his press conferences, not because I'd like to, just because I kind of want to see where yeah, he's yeah. at. And yeah. you know what? He is at that point now where he's done as much as a coach could do. And and again, we said this with Av, right? But A.B. Yeah. also can be on the negative side. I don't, I don't think Yo has been on the negative side, but two things that haven't been working for the Flyers is. Nobody is worried about losing minutes on the Flyers. And that's the one thing you could take away from a player that could possibly change the way he plays if you you need a spark. There is no threat of that. And practices have been like almost like a country club at times where the other day it was a practice for like bottom six guys and extras. And again, that's coming into this game. And then, you know, they collapse at the end of the game. So I am with you. I am like, you know what? You might as well get a jump on on the, On the um, coach market, because I think if they go through the rest of this season and stay just on the same path of like playing 350 hockey or less, Mm -hmm. they're going to turn into the Sabres no matter what the offseason's is like, because there does become a point where this becomes systemic. And and I talked about this with Russ last night after the game. I don't
0: think you're going to find a coach in his right mind that will come in at this point unless you throw a boatload of money you gotta pay him. Yeah, you got to pay him. Oh, but, but but here's well, they Oh, they can pay him. That's the thing. Oh, they can they can pay him, but the thing is uh um Vino's contract is still in place. He's got I think he's got what one more year. Yeah. Or was this the last year. Okay. I'm not saying that's going to prevent them from from going out and signing a big coach in the off season. But no coach Tortorella talk it Travis Green, whoever, Mike Babcock, whoever you want to bring in is going to come in with this cluster F that's going on right now. I compared this last night. I think it's a valid comparison. and But the only difference here is in 2015, when the Leafs fired Randy Carlisle and brought in Peter Horchuk, who was his assistant coach on his staff, the only difference was the Leafs wanted to tank. In right. this instance, the Flyers
2: don't want to tank, but they really have no choice because Katero- – I'm starting to question whether or not they want to tank, Mike. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. Based on what I'm seeing, and I've never – I'm I've not never- questioning it. There's still too many guys
1: there that um, it doesn't behoove them to tank. No, I don't think the guys
2: want to tank, but I'm just saying that they – I think they know that a, that a coach would at least boost them a little bit. Not enough to make the playoffs, but at least boost them a little bit, and I wonder about that. That's my yeah. question. Well,
1: Mike. I mean, that's a fair point. I, I will tell you this, though it was all hands on deck in the organization yesterday everybody was there everybody yeah. even like clark Holmgren, barber scouts everybody yeah. was there it was overflowing what did they take away from that game
2: that they saw that's suck. a good game for everybody to watch to be honest because that, that was pretty much the summary of what it was we that was like yeah. that was the summary of and we did we see some was.
1: improvement mike yo's right there was some improvement because for part of the game you saw yeah. at least a little better brand of hockey but it isn't going to be enough. So at the end of the day, I think they do have to start course correcting because if they don't, like Mike says, let's say they even hire a coach quick and hire him in May. That means you've got a month to get ready for what you're gonna do in the summer. You gotta try and get on the same page with Fletcher. Tell Fletcher what you like and what you don't like. Meanwhile, a coach could come in now and start telling Fletcher, you see how this is like this? I'm not looking for this. I'm looking for this and he could do something about it at the deadline rather than having to do something about it three months later i do think there's an advantage to that if you want to try and maintain some competitive edge yeah.
0: and and if you yeah. want to mix the coach into the decision making process in terms yeah, of right. the team exactly this this man but, but this management uh group may not want to do that it's like this
2: management group might not be here either and that's the other thing that's like I'm. I'm really. I really feel very strongly that this. no, that's fair
1: is too. It's fair. Too. No I mean, it, they, there's no.
2: You know, and and that's. There's, there, enough, there's there's never been a management group that has survived this kind of a season in Philadelphia. Well,
1: there,
0: there's another comparative, another comparative to 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 Toronto because when they brought in Horachuk, they, they, at that point, Lou wasn't there. I think Nonis was still there. So, yeah. And at the end of the year, after they made trades, after they traded off Cody Franz and after they traded off Mike Santarelli and all these other guys. Nonis was gone yep. uh, uh Shanahan was in place Nonis was gone Horchuk was gone they cleaned out completely
1: and in May they brought in Mike Babcock so but Nonis got in that that the infinite contract thank God
2: there is yeah there is the possibility that and uh, you know that and I haven't heard this but it's the speculative knowing the kind of the players involved that, that, that this is possible um that Fletcher has wanted to bring in a different coach hasn't been allowed to because they know that he's not going to be the gm in the future and i think that that is that is,
1: well, that is- the rest of the hierarchy there and if they're going to be there then they could also speak to fletcher and make sure they're all on the same page Jack. Yeah. like that, that's yeah, but, they, but, but if
2: you have if you want to bring a g if you want to bring a big right. gm in you know you're going to have to, that gm's going to want to bring his own coach in. Right. So if, exactly. if you were to hire another coach here like anybody at all you would have to pay him now it doesn't matter to afford can they afford him yes but the reality is why if you're gonna if if it makes me feel like fletcher is gone in some ways
1: Well, oh, we see all right here's here's where i'm gonna have to differ with you not mm-hmm. because i think it's the right move fletcher's gonna be the guy at the trading deadline there is no yeah. point in having him at the trading deadline and then firing him two months later no oh, i know He's, he is the one that is going to be the most important guy now Laying down your foundation for the next three years, going right. forward with what they get in return here. If you I'm let him do that and then leave, that's even worse.
0: Ideally, you're right, but again, I, I keep going back to this example because there are a lot of parallels. The Dave Nonus was the guy who made the trades. I know. Now it was like with Shanahan's supervision. That's true. It, it was, yeah. But, but, but Nonus was the one. And- who- and then I wonder
2: get- if Pierre has a big play in this in the future. Like I, I'm curious about that. You know, like I don't know like it's they not bring a big play in. right now. It's not a big play that's- now, but they bring him in and he's like, you know, he could be a bridge to something, you know. Like and I just wonder sure, but like, that's
1: gonna still take like two years.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I wouldn't have him as a GM for another two years. No. But but I think that, you know, there's something there's something else going on or i mean but just i want to really see how they. Well, there's something
1: else going on or nothing else going on yeah, just... and yeah if nothing else
2: is going on then i really want to see how they survive this seven games in these next seven games because that's like that's a, it's a disaster and it's it, it, that building you know it's already it, a disaster like it's it already a disaster but i just think that there's no real i i i'm very this is as low as it's been you know and and i maybe they are tanking but i don't know um And the players aren't tanking. I'm not saying the players. No, no.
1: And Yo's definitely not trying to. Players never
2: tank, but you know what the players never tank, but teams put them in positions to lose. Sure,
1: no, no. And we, we. You know what's funny? I've seen it a million times. And the Sabers were as overt as the Leafs were about it. This is not like that. The situation yeah, I just, like yeah. that. Well,
0: I was gonna say may, maybe this is the only type of tank that the Flyers can get away with because their fan base wouldn't accept a tank. Except this is sort of like a double secret tank.
2: This is like but oh, what it is the time, time. These teams that tanked had nowhere close to the talent that this Flyers team. Right, but, but but act the the, the, core, there, the
0: core of this team is out.
1: Ellis, Couturier, Hayes.
2: No, they are. I know, and and yeah, yeah they we're not going to see season. Ellis
1: back this season. We're not.
2: I don't think. I wonder if to see him back. To be honest, I'm throwing that out. Well, there. I
1: mean that we'll have that discussion another day. But we're not going to yeah. see him back this season. Kevin yeah. Hayes, apparently, we're going to, and I don't know why, but we're going to.
2: Yeah. Well, they if they tanking, have big, wouldn't that's bring... the biggest justification they have to they have to pull that justification. You know, they have to they have to justify that somehow. Right. But if
1: you were tanking, you wouldn't bring Kevin Hayes back. You wouldn't.
2: Yeah. I mean, at the yeah. end of the year, what you're saying. yeah. No, I agree. That's that's true. Maybe well, we haven't seen him back yet, you know. So we'll no, see. No, no,
1: but they're they're talking like he's talking
2: about it for sure. Um, I wanted to, the other game I watched a little bit of last night was the Toronto um, game versus the Red versus the Penguins. Yeah, uh, I have to say this is one of the more impressive games I've seen the Maple Leafs play in a while. Like I just I, I felt like this was a really I felt like this Maple Leafs team has turned has turned a big time corner. You know, I feel like
0: mm, yeah. this well, team. I mean, okay. They, I know you hate
2: positivity, Mike, but I'm telling no, you now. No,
0: out no, that. no. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this: It's like <laughs> they, they got a great performance out of Jack Campbell, but yeah, it wasn't, that, it wasn't, it wasn't a fantastic game in the sense that they gave up 46 shots.
2: No, I know, but I know. that's the Penguins. And the Penguins are going to take right. right.
0: shots. Yeah. Cam, Cam- the
2: reality is that Campbell is such a difference maker right now for that. Right.
0: Well, that, that, see, honestly, I, and I was just writing this for for my t- for right. today's column. Um, this was probably the best performance that jack campbell has had yeah. in two months uh yeah. so- since before since before december the 1st because i I did a statistical breakdown that his goals against was under two and his save percentage was like 940 before december 1st and then from december 1st to just recently his save percentage was under 900 and his goals against was over three he has not played well and and now you know last last night he played very well they got a goal 20 seconds into the first period with matthews they got a a nice power play goal with morgan riley doing an end-to-end rush that put them up two nothing and then a shorthanded goal. And then basically it was over with, and they gave up 19 shots to, to Pittsburgh in the third period. It was a good game. Don't get me wrong, but even Sheldon Keith found some fault in, in, in how they performed. I just say this, Zach, I mean, mm-hmm. they're playing well. They're, I think 31, 32, 12 and three right now. That is absolutely meaningless when it comes to who they face in the first round and who, you really? They will be the underdog against Florida and against Tampa. you got three teams in the top five in one division. And I've been crying for years, years about a change in the playoff structure to go back to a conference format. And what's what's going to happen more than likely is you're going to have two of the five best teams in the league lose in the first two rounds and because of this stupid playoff setup. Yeah, and true. I'm not saying,
1: And I, we should talk about that for a minute because – Yeah, when Mike and I were kind of talking about it offline if they didn't just sign a new TV deal and have two new partners with that, I think they may have gone back and changed things, but they now have two new partners who have spent unprecedented money for the NHL. They want yeah. these first round matchups they don't really care about the competitive
2: balance i think that you're right about that and i also think that they the, all the research they do just tells them that people like this um and i don't know why i mean as as a, as a writer i don't like it either um you know as a writer you kind of want the purest thing you can get like you want one place yes. 16. you know you, you would like one place obviously none of that's feasible but you would like that to be the right. case you know? right um so if you had one place eight in each conference you know that would be better than this. Yes. But. But I think that you know you sort of you do get one you do get one plays eight you get two plays seven you get those two, but then after that you get the you know the, the games mid-
1: in the middle are the tough ones,
2: right? Um, you don't necessarily get two plays seven. I guess I guess you say you get one plays eight for sure. But yeah. yeah, the games in the middle. I mean, the the that sec- finishing second and third um, in a division, you know, that's a really good division. Like, like especially in this division for Toronto, you know, this is this is there's three teams in there and two of them are two of the all three of those teams are maybe.
0: Yeah, they're top. That,
2: that might be three of the top five teams in the league. Yeah, you know that are looking. You're looking at there, um, yeah. and that's like you know def- definitely three of the top eight. You know, the,
0: the easy, the easiest matchup for one of those three teams will be the conference final because if say f- say for example yeah. Toronto plays Florida, okay, that'll be an extremely tough series. Then Toronto wins, then their the, the, then their prizes. They play the two time Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Okay, they get by that one, and then they play the Penguins or the Rangers. That probably will be the – it won't be an yes. easy
1: series, but it will be the easiest of the three. That's right. That. You know what? Honestly, that's how it was for the Rangers in 94. All right. Until they yeah. met the Devils. Like, that was the way it was going for them. And that is – you know, they they actually you, – you know, in the de- back in the day when you were a fan and I was a fan, you had to look at the schedule and say – hope for the easiest matchups so that you could get past the one tough matchup. And now it's the opposite act.
2: Yeah, it is. It is very much the opposite. It is. Um, and, you know, it does, it does make for an interesting race for first, you know, because it, in that division, you know, you really do have a big advantage by finishing first in that division. Yes. Um, you know, so I think that's why you're going to see it. And tonight I'm really going to be a really good game between the Panthers and the Minnesota wilds tonight.
1: Yeah, that's a good game. I'm watching
2: that. That's that's like an interesting, a very interesting game between two teams who are both run by the Billies, Billy Garen and Billy Zito, um, and they are absolutely both built in kind of similar ways, you know. And it's going to be fun to it's going to be fun to see how they uh, are two really good friends. To I the like them ways.
1: both. I like Bill Garen's love of popcorn, though it's unabashed. Yeah,
2: they're both they're both good friends. They both talk to each other a lot, so it's going to be an interesting battle. I'm sure there's side bets going on between Garen and Zito tonight, but I think that you're going to see that that game is going to be something. Um, Something to watch. I I think that you know, with, uh, it doesn't matter with Toronto until the playoffs. You can say Mike, which is true. Of course, it's true. But at the end of the day, this is the best goaltending you've had. Yeah,
1: and, this is way better than Freddie Anderson. Well, yeah,
2: but, you know, even Freddie Anderson, who played well in the regular season, didn't play this well in the regular season.
1: At times he did. At times he did, but yeah. but not at the right time. time. But, well, I mean, but
0: but like, like I just illustrated, I mean, Campbell's been up and down. You know, he had two yeah. months of really good play, then he had. Almost two months of average play, and well, now you'd say this is the most
1: games he's ever played, too. Yes,
0: yeah, and that's a consideration. And, and I, a I have, low. and I have to say, even though I'm not a big fan of the signing or a big fan of him as a goaltender, this is probably the best backup goaltending that they've had with Morazic than since mm-hmm. Curtis McElaney, But Curtis McIlhenny played 13 games or something like that, and Morazic's probably going to play close to 30. So Morazic's
2: better than McElaney. I mean, this is the best backup goal you have had, too. I mean, they're yeah. they set themselves up for. You know a situation here that you know Campbell. If he, if he goes down, Marazzi can steal games for you. They're not in that. They're not in a dangerous in, in a as dangerous spot as they were. Um, no, it's
1: not precarious like um, that. The
2: other game I watched last night, and then finishing up the games, and then a rumor for you guys. Um, the other game I watched last night was Edmonton, Anaheim, oh, and of course, this Edmonton Oilers team now four and zero with their new coach. Okay, can um, can
1: Jack Adams guy? He's going to be a Jack Adams guy. This is, this is called the Woodcroft
2: bounce. Of course it is, and that's you know. But bounces are sometimes what you need to get off the floor. You know, like it's like the how about that? How about that metaphor? For although
1: you? the although the Boudreaux bounce has leveled out big time.
2: Yeah, exactly. As it has, and this bounce might level out too, or it might not. Like it's there's a combination of him. There's like Vander Kane fitting in really well. Um, you know, and oh, uh, by, the
0: way, by the way, I had I had somebody who said he will never listen to um me on the buzzcast or on the other podcast that I do because I was so I was so against Evander Kane signing with Toronto I wasn't against Evander Kane signing with Toronto I says look at it with open eyes he's a cancer He's yeah. been a cancer everywhere he went in the NHL. Like, so we were negotiating I, to get that guy back to listen to the show. You just ruined it again. Edmonton Edmonton sold their soul to the devil to get this guy to come in, to, to salvage the, salvage this season because they were on their way to missing the playoffs. So you're and assuming it,
1: the devil exists, but go ahead.
2: <laughs> the devil exists, and it might be trading Pavel Zacco. Uh Pavel, Pavel Zako, yeah. Um, yeah, the um, – my, here's my transition for you. The um, Eggway. yeah. So, there, the latest rumor I heard, and, and there, this has got a lot of heat behind it, and from very good sources, is that the Devils are closing in on Besser out of, of Vancouver. Um, and I do think that this, I do think there's a lot to this. Um, and, well, and that, that could exactly part of the deal they, they, they have, have money, money that they
0: can
1: pay them with. That's true,
2: yeah.
0: Well, okay, this is this is the thing. I mean, because I've heard the Besser talk. And it seems to be tied with the JT Miller talk because um, I saw reporting over the last couple of days that the Canucks don't want to trade JT Miller, that, you know, yeah. he's too much of a part of what they want to continue uh, going forward. And Besser, remember, he's an RFA this year with Arbrights. He's one year away from being a UFA. There's no guarantee that they can sign him. Yeah. And if they do sign him, it's probably going to be like, seven and a half eight million dollars like a kyle connor type of deal and they they probably can't afford
1: that so i'm going to tell you the risk here though yeah for the devils yeah the risk here is is besser is from the west coast and i could see him gravitating towards the kings and if they still have money why wouldn't they want brock besser who could score goals well
0: the risk for the devils or any other team trying to trade for besser is he does the same thing he's going to do with vancouver and say Okay, I'll take my qualifying offer and then sign our bye-bye. Yeah. I mean, you That's have to hilarious. I don't know who his agent is, but you have to talk to his agent before you're making the deal and say, Okay, we want to sign you to an extension. And if we can't get you on an extension after the trade, then forget it. And that yeah. you know, that, that that has to be the, the mentality of Vancouver right now, or the team yeah. trading for
1: Besser potentially. Yeah, Actually, I agree. Besser's from Minnesota, but for some reason he told me he likes the West Coast. So he himself- does
2: like playing out there. Um he does like being a Canuck. I mean, I've talked about it before too. I, well,
0: if he likes being a Canuck, then you take less, or then you take less than what you would get as a free agent. But if depends you- how
2: much less, and it depends if they. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have to choose which way to go. In you know, Vancouver, they have they have they have like four players. They've got to – o- They really can only keep three of them. And honestly, made it's a
1: mistake to lose Besser because
2: I it's hard
1: cool. to find goal scorers in this league.
2: Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I Besser is the one guy I would not I would not lose, but. You know, I there's he seems to be one of the harder guys that they feel like they're going to have to resign. And his a,
0: his agent is Ben Hawkinson. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean
1: Ben's fine. He's not hard to deal with.
2: Yeah, it's not hard to deal with him if Besser wants to stay there. You think you would think they'll be able to figure it out, right? But um, this the this rumor is dev- is very big, so that makes me curious whether or not that is the case. Because well,
0: there's been there's been a lot of a lot of talk tying Zaka to to Vancouver. Yeah, right.
2: and the, and the thing is
0: he's the same he is in the same boat as besser he's one year away from being a ufa so it might be trading headache for headache no but you could resign him much cheaper right
1: because, and remember
2: rutherford knows that the rutherford old. has certain kinds of guys he likes and Pavel zack is right in that right in that wheelhouse like he is yeah Pavel zack is definitely a rutherford type player there's no two ways about it he's the kind of guy that he brought into pittsburgh too and like that helped the penguins get over the you know not the superstar but like the just below that level yeah yeah Second line player that he loves, you know, mm-hmm. that that's like that is his that's his guy like gets type.
0: Well, way. I mean, OK, Zaka, his best year, his best year was last year when he scored 35 points in 50. Like, he's going to beat that this year. Yeah, he's got 23 points in 47 games. Um, so he's probably going to score in the neighborhood of 45,
1: 45 points. So let's talk about that 40 points. Right, Mike, because on Twitter, oh, yeah. yes. there's a very big misconception act. If you pick up a player in a trade and you say, if I say online that, hey, I think he's a 40 point guy, 45 point guy, you know, fans are like, well, we want a 60 point guy. And so that means that's William Nylander. There's not a lot of 60 point guys in this league. When you trade like a Claude Giroux, you're not getting a 61 point guy in return. Yeah.
2: Yeah, right. It
1: could yeah. happen, but it's a really, the chances of it are, are remote. Especially if
2: well, the contract is where it's at, you know. Oh,
1: like- we,
0: we, right but we like we talked about this with kevin with kevin yesterday and it's like the the realist the realism of what philadelphia can get for drew and it's like okay first the first complicating factor is the contract but so you know if they retain 50 percent, then he's a little over 4 million so you might a a team like unless it's a colorado or a rangers who've got significant cap space they're going to have to wash that contract through a third team and that's going to cost more that cost doesn't come from Philadelphia. That cost comes from the team that's interested in trading for them. So that means that Philadelphia gets less in that instance. So, you know, and and uh, clearly it, it, from what everything is that's being said by, by the Flyers, they don't want a first round pick in this deal. They want assets that are closer to being ready to come into the NHL. So if that's the case, you're talking about an organization's, you know, top, somebody who's in the top two or three prospects in that organization and they're just not going to get that for mm-hmm. I, 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 even
1: though he's still a gr- really good player they're they, just they not, will get a first if they if it's the right they, I don't think they want a first no no I still think they do because okay. again they may have to dish off a first to get rid of like jvr okay so I do think I do think they want a first but yeah it, and and that you know Arizona in the house. That's that's what I thought they were doing. Is probably watching JVR, seeing if yeah. they even want him for a year and to take his contract on. But well, you had- know
2: what's funny is JVR and 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 Gosses Bear were close. And I, I, I'm right. curious. I'm curious about that. Like you know, like when you know Gosses Bear is definitely one of the guys who's doing the best for them. And they're they're obviously going to yeah. talk to him if they're in that situation. They're going to say you know we're going to we're trying to pay, we're talking to Philly about JVR. What do you think? I would right. think Gosses Bear would be pushing for that.
1: Yeah, I would think so.
0: But and, and his bu- and his buddy Phil Kessel's there right now, but I don't think he'll be there past March twenty first.
1: I mean, I did put an article up on Sportsology. If if I were going with Colorado, uh, honestly, Martin Kout is my best choice for forward because he's a no nonsense, really good shooting, tough guy who plays an all around game and isn't stuck on himself. He just plays hard hockey, and I think. He can be like that 35 40 forty-point guy, and then
2: is he like another Faraby, essentially.
1: No, no, no. He's not as high as skill as Faraby, but he has a great wrist shot. He's yeah. more out there. He's more of a, a nuts and bolts guy than Faraby has. He's far more finesse. Connect me. Are
2: we there? The I guess no, it's I, between Connect me and Faraby, like the Connect me or Farabee factor. No, no.
1: Those guys are a different kind of like okay. finessey kind of level. He gets goals tougher yeah. and tougher ways, but. I do like Drew Hellison from the standpoint that, yeah, he if he were coming out of college, he's probably the guy that gets there quickest, but it's not the guy I like the best. I like Sean Barons the best because Sean Barons can run a power play. He's dynamic offensively, right. but he is probably another two years in college, another year in the A and I don't know if the Flyers would wait for that. And I don't know if they'd offer that. So I don't think he's gonna be on the table. So I yeah. do think Hellison's a good choice because he's smart, he, he skates well. I mean, in that last game in the Olympics, Uh, They played him for five minutes. Like, why even have a defenseman on the team if you're playing him for five minutes? But anyhow, he's better than that. Uh, He's not a high offensive guy, but he gets points in games, like by making good passes, getting secondary assists, things like that. That's how he gets his points. He's got size. He's got size. He's got, he's right-handed. Yeah, and so does, right. And so does Kout. Kout has a little size to him, too. Uh, Even though he's like one listed at 190, he's stronger than that. He's one of those guys. So those are guys I like people want, like Justin Barron from, from Colorado. My issue with Barron is decision-making. Yes. It's great to have a guy who could bring the puck up the ice and look great doing it and get points on the power play. But when you're in a tight game and Barron's bringing the puck up the ice, you don't want him to make a bad decision. You don't want him to turn it over and he is prone to doing that. And so I don't know if that's ever going to be out of his game. And based on that, i already think the flyers have enough of that sandheim kind of straddles that every once in a while do you really want another guy that is sort of like that and so i i don't think you do and the other guy who i would really want but i don't know if he'd actually be available would be jean Luc foodie who is a center he's 19 years old in the ahl he is fast yeah he um he has a great shot it's liam's brother but i think he's better than liam Okay. and he's definitely faster and he's a good playmaker He's 19 in the ahl producing will they give that up i don't know but yeah if they give that up i would take foodie even over calc under the right circumstances depending on what the second piece is you're not going to get a first out of colorado but maybe you can get the 2023 first and maybe you have to throw in like a third or something and that's fine if that's what you have to do to get the first and get two players that you could put in your lineup that's fine with me well it would be a 2023 first because it's like 23 yeah oh, okay good yeah so yeah, I and that's fine. I still think that's the most likely thing just cuz like what Kevin said he believes Klugeru uh wants to go to Colorado and I think the Flyers are going to do as much as they can to give him what he wants. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it doesn't, I, always, but it doesn't always work
0: out. Well, he's got a no move, so he's got final approval. He so. does, but he might you know, look.
1: He I don't think he's going to be a jerk about it either. No. I think if he sees that it's Colorado and let's say it's just St. Louis, right? Even though I think St. Louis is yeah. a little more remote than some others. He probably would go to both places. He likes yeah. I, I don't I think he would I, I think in that regard he might act in the best interest of the Flyers and say, "Hey, both are cup contenders. Get the best deal you can." I well, think he I, might do that actually.
0: Do you do you perceive that there is any um hesitancy upon the Flyers of trading him in the east? Because we've heard now the last few days uh, like Elliot Friedman's been reporting, Florida, and it's like, yeah. I mean, if I honestly, if I'm the Flyers, I'm trading him to whoever offers me the yeah, best. Yeah, I
2: don't think there's any hesitancy about where to trade him.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's any
2: hesitancy. But I don't think Florida is after him at all. I, I don't know. No,
1: no. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if I think, he, I
2: think, like you know, if the Penguins I are after
1: him today, act, but he does play it low key, and it wouldn't shock me if they make an offer. Yeah, if the New York Rangers were the team that was
2: offering, yeah, they the would ball, trade him to the Rangers.
1: They won't, or they would. They would.
2: They would. Okay. I think they would.
1: Yeah, I think it's 50-50. I'm not sure they would. And the Rangers could give him a hell of a package, but I think it's 50-50. Yeah,
2: I, th- I think that they're at the point where they realize that he's a, he's a UFA next year anyway. They're going to lose him.
1: No. You know, I mean, the Rangers, look, I'll tell you the one conduit. It's Steve Eminger. He's a, he's a scout for the Rangers. He played for the Flyers. So, right. you know, you might... You know, you might be get some good cross contamination there and get a chance.
2: I think they think he's going to sign for the Penguins next year anyway. I really do. Talking to them, you know, I really think that's where they think he's going to sign. So it's really you're keeping him out of the division for a couple months. You know, whatever. It's really not. It's really kind of pointless.
0: Well, I mean, Brian Burke was was on Sportsnet last night in between in between periods and was talking about you know Malkin and and Latang and what they're going to do with the yeah. deadline and of course you know we know what Brian Burke like most general managers does he says nothing uh he says he says something but he says it like it's nothing
2: right. and
0: you know if if he can get Latang and he can get Malkin to sign for less to finish out their careers in Pittsburgh. Then they have some flexibility, but he doesn't know what he's going to do because he doesn't know what he's going to have on on hand right. uh, in the summer. And he would like to add, but he doesn't know, you know, he doesn't want to subtract players uh, that are, that are helpful to the team. That means like they're not going to trade Brian Rust, even though he's a UFA because Brian Rust is an important part of the team. Right. So, I mean, so Pittsburgh is sort of locked in and they might have room or they might not have room. It would room be interesting play.
2: if it comes down to Rust or, Malcolm. What if it because, comes down
0: to Mal Malkin or Giroux? I
1: think they go with Malkin.
2: I think they, yeah, they're they going to go
1: with Malkin over Giroud. Yeah, no, they Malkin will. But if, if
2: it comes down to Rust, you know, if it comes down in, in internally, if it comes down to Rust versus Malkin, I think they would maybe go with Rust.
1: I don't think it's going to come down to Rust versus Malkin. I think it's going to come down to Rust versus Latang. I think yeah, Malkin's going to be there regardless.
2: I think Latang is actually the one who's going to be there regardless. I think Latang is is just. I, like, I'm going to tell you, I think it's.
1: I think it's fifty-fifty with Letang because, um, not because of his play, but because of his rate of pay.
0: Well, here's where here's yeah. where here's where uh, Burke and Hextall could work some magic is, you know, you can trade you could trade a Jason Zucker, you could clear five and a half million dollars off of your cap uh, by do, by making that kind of move or trading caspery it, or, trade, you know, there are players on that team making significant money that are contributors, but not great contributors. Yeah. If you want to keep a Latang or you want to bring in a Giroux, those are the moves that you have to make, just you like you
2: make them. Yeah.
0: Right. Just like Philadelphia has to clear JVR's contract if they want to go out and sign out, sign players. Now okay. I'll tell you this, this is what I think is going to be the most interesting aspect of the next or four, almost four, a little over four weeks. Everybody, everybody, Florida, Colorado, the Rangers, the Leafs, I mean, all the contenders supposedly are in on Ben Sherat Now, only one team's going to get them. Only one team's going to get that player. And after are that, sure, yeah, well, unless they can, he can clone himself. It was his multiplicity. I mean, he's yeah,
1: cloned himself, so.
0: Yeah, but, but my, my, my point being here is that, Okay. One team gets them. So they're out of the market, but where do the rest of these teams, the seven or eight teams go for that plan B and you know, that's where
1: guys like Justin.
2: Yeah. Will. No, there's a lot. Yeah. Justin Braun, you know, who's really getting pushed a lot around is Jeff Petrie. You know?
1: well, yeah, Well, he's, he's going to be the last to go with that contract. That's, a dream, that's a dream scenario. No, for I him.
2: know, but Montreal is really, really, really pushing them on player on teams. Well, I heard of course
1: they time. are because they want to yeah. get out from under.
2: Yeah, and he's been actually awful this year. Yeah, everybody, all the scouts I talked to, he's just you know I haven't watched enough Montreal to know, but he's been absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, A guy who
1: hasn't been terrible is Cole Caulfield.
2: Yeah, that's true. No, I agree, and um, yeah, with well, the ducks, the ducks fading Manson and Linholm they brought up in the chat room. Funky probably um, I think, I think I do think Manson could really be moved. Um,
0: well, if it, Manson, I think. I don't know how interested Toronto is in Sherat, Um, But I do know that they've long been inter- interested in Manson. And if there's one defenseman that they would probably give up a first round pick to get, it is Manson. The thing is that it, it, the impression that, that's out there right now is that Manson is somebody who, if he gets traded, he may just simply go right back to Anaheim because he doesn't really want to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, and that he'd take the take a little less to return to the Ducks, probably for in exchange for a no move clause. But and um, Jake in the chat saying they're in on Sharat. Yeah, the okay, the cost for Sharat with all these teams bidding on him is going to be obscene. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. I think he's a good defenseman, but I don't think he's going to be worth a one and a three. And that's yeah. supposedly the oh, yeah. cost. What did David Savard get? He got, I mean, 3.5 million for no, four no, years. No.
1: As, Asset-wise. Oh, a one in a
0: three. That's yeah. what
1: it's
2: going to be. Yeah, something like that. I agree. But, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I think Savard's better than Starratt, too. But We all do. But I, I,
1: again, like Mike said, it's based on what's available. Based on
2: what's available. You know, I mean,
0: if, if Montreal wants to get out from under Savard's contract with three years
1: left, I think they could get.
2: Close. I think, I think that could, I think they could try. I think they could try to do that. I'll because try
1: that. You might have a better chance of that. Than if I, if and
2: if I'm a team like Toronto, that's a, that's a guy I'd love to get.
0: Let's, yeah. Three, uh, three and a half million for three more years. Yeah. He 30.
2: would be phenomenal. He would really put the Leafs over the top.
0: That see that that's a move that if they give up a first round, yeah. pick, at least they have security long-term on the second pairing yeah, Gordon's not just taking
1: that. He wants more than
2: that. Okay. So for those that's of you hard. out there who never say that I ever, ever call a trade or predicts what's going to happen properly. I just want to tell you that I got this one right years ago. I've been calling this for, like, probably 10 oh, years.
0: Oh, oh, I know. E5, Lacavie to the Habs. Exactly. I knew this
2: was coming. I knew this was happening. I've been calling it for a while. And yeah. uh, so, know you know, I was, just wait. I, I sit back and I quietly wait while people say I'm wrong.
0: You didn't just know he was anyway. traded the, ma- the Leaf, the Habs managerial staff.
2: Yes, but he's now – I didn't say – I didn't give any uh, – well, he, he doesn't
1: that. have to play in front of the fans. He could just work for them.
2: Exactly, because apparently he didn't want to play for them at times. Um, but right. there was also a trade that I know for a fact was nixed by the NHL that had La going to Montreal. But um, that and that's back in the old days when you couldn't make those kind of trades. But now you can. Oh, you're talking about
1: when when Tampa thought LeCavier was a bust.
2: Yeah, Tampa had Tampa worked out a deal to Montreal during the Montreal draft when the draft was in Montreal. They worked it out and
1: around the, uh, around the same time,
0: I was told this by Bill Waters, a former assistant GM of the Leafs, yeah. that, that the Leafs had a deal. Uh, I think it was before Tampa won the cup. So this is probably always prior to that. Yeah. Uh, The Leafs had a deal with Tampa for LeCavier involving Nick Anthropoff and Thomas Cabriolet. And um, Dudley was the GM there. Mm -hmm. And he went to ownership. And the assistant GM at that point was Jay Feaster. And Jay Feaster backstabbed him and went to ownership and undercut him. And 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 he got the job. And eventually got the job, but he undercut him by saying we can't trade Cavier and uh, they, they they nixed the deal. And then eventually Dudley got fired, and Feaster got the job. Where is Jay Feaster now?
2: Mm, I don't He's know. He's working for a team. Yeah, where is he? Mm. I did hear him work his name not too long ago, like maybe a year ago, but just, um, but yeah, I. Thanks. Thanks yeah, about yeah. the ball. I appreciate it. No, but honestly, the reality is the Vinny. Yeah. Brian Lawton did make the trade for when he was the GM of Tampa. He's actually that,
1: vice president of hockey development for the Tampa Bay Lightning.
2: There you go. Oh, he was back at Tampa. Yes.
1: Nothing close to being a GM though.
2: No, the, I love that. I love some of these titles. They really are phenomenal. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm executive producer of defenseman's feelings. Um, anyway. <laughs> So I don't know. It's just like the, there I are so many the titles,
1: real Jay Feaster. So they always
2: find good. titles, you know, for these guys. It's like incredible to me. Like they come up with titles actually, like I
1: that. have more followers than Jay Feaster. I feel good about
0: that. <laughs> well, F- Funky is off. Uh, you know, the, I, I'm I'm well aware of this situation. Funky is off uh, in terms of the team. It wasn't the Wings that uh, Dean wouldn't wave his no-trade clause to. It was the Habs. Right, right. Not waiting to go to Montreal, and then eventually, like the Mike went, was hoping, he would. Well, yeah, because at that point the the, the, the reported return was um, Grabowski, who was a Montreal prospect, and one of either McDonough or Pacioretty. Yeah,
1: if and, he'd have gotten McDonough. That would have been a game changer. And
0: and if he he nixed it, and then of course he went free agent, Vancouver, which is why you know I, if I if there was a poster of Matt Sundin in front of me, I'd spit on it. I'll
1: tell you one of the most puzzling things in the history of. Uh, Front office management in hockey was how badly Montreal was trying to get rid of Ryan McDonough.
2: It was unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why that they ended up getting him for him was not they really Gomez. They got him for they got him for Gomez, who they couldn't who the who the Rangers were dying to get rid of too. Couldn't couldn't wait. Yeah, the Rangers. The Rangers. I remember Scotty, the Scotty Gomez thing that always stuck to me was, and this was and a great you.
1: guy. Look, I don't hold any. I like. No, he Scott is, though.
2: but he he had an he had he had an ego. Okay, like let's oh no, there's no
1: question he had an ego.
2: I mean, all guys they would, like, do, but he. The, I remember, the end of the Rangers situation with Gomez, and this was told to me by a player who was on the bench for the Rangers, who said to me that you know Gomez skated over at one point during a game to the bench and said this effing team i don't know why i'm playing in this effing city i don't want anything to do with you guys anymore i'm so tired of this and he just sat on the (laughs) bed it's like it's like not the kind of thing you can say in madison square garden on the rangers bench and and expect to be there for very long i
0: I don't know if this story is hypocritical but if you remember that they were signed the same off the same summer gomez and chris drury
2: and mm-hmm. reportedly
0: the the Rangers had the same offer on the table for both of them because it was the same contract, it was seven years, 49 million. And they essentially, their representatives called at the same time and said, we'll take the deal. And the Rangers only wanted to sign one of them. And they ended up signing both of them. I don't know if that's entirely true, but it could be.
2: Yeah. Wasn't it I- safer
0: at that point? Okay. Then it's true.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I, and I, I do know that that's partially true that I think when they when they were negotiating with both, this is what this is what I know. I know a little bit of the side because I know somebody else who's involved in a different way in that deal um, that I couldn't never never say. But the when the two were negotiating with the Rangers, um, Gomez and Drury, they were under the impression that it was going to be one or the other. Okay, they definitely had the feel the Rangers were basically saying we're going to take only one of you guys. You know. Um, and that, that they definitely felt. So they were both very surprised. And I think, from what I understand, Gomez was signed slightly before Drury. And so Drury started talking to other teams because he thought, okay, well, Gomez is signed. You know, yeah. i done. Because that's how much he thought it was going to be the case, that that was only going to be one. So they they may, I think, at some point, they either they either use that as a negotiating tactic to try to keep them, to try to get them both to stay down and like tried, because they both wanted to come to New York, or they used it as a, or they just changed their mind and said, we know what we want both of them. Okay.
0: Here's the, here's the, uh, the, uh, the, the incredible bouncing ball, uh, of the uh, 2021-22 season. So, um, Thomas Boyle just, you know, I, I'm telling the story right now. So the Leafs at the beginning of the year chose to wave Adam Brooks, who's a fourth line center guy, you know, good, good depth forward. Uh, they they developed in the organization. Um, They're trying to sneak him down to the minors. It was a question of whether they, uh, they could or not. Montreal claims him. Uh, he plays about a month in Montreal. The Leafs were clearly interested in reclaiming him. Mm-hmm. Vegas, because they had lost, they had so many injuries early in the year, uh, stepped in front of them and claimed him. He played about a month and a half in Vegas. Right. um and then was injured and then was coming back and they tried to get him through okay. wave or try to get him back down to the to the ahl to henderson the leafs reclaim him on i think it was tuesday um and they're so tight against the cap their whole point was they wanted to get him down to the marley's again so they put him on waivers 24 hours later and now he's claimed for the fourth time in a year. Winni- Winnipeg claims, of, and he's from Winnipeg. So I'm not, that's not a guarantee that, uh, yeah. you know, we're going to keep him up on the NHL roster, but you know, I, this guy's frequent flyer miles are unbelievable. Yeah. The only thing is that's good is that he's from Winnipeg, so he can probably stay at home with mom and dad and not have to find a
2: yeah. A I wonder if he. Home. I wonder if he even came to Toronto. <laughs> so no, probably to
0: not. Probably not. But it's just
2: he probably he might have known that this was possible too. Like when the Leafs and they said you might want to stay there because we're going to try to put you through waivers. You could get you could get called up.
0: Probably they, they 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 you know they've had him in the system since he was 19 years yeah, old. Yeah,
2: they know he's they know he was probably going to get that. that's crazy. That is crazy. Um, all right, I guess that's all the time we have for today, folks um it was it's another great week here at hockey buzz um remember to tell your friends about the podcast try to follow us please follow us and subscribe to us on on um on uh youtube, YouTube. and yep and follow you can follow mike at buffalo Make
1: sure i had a and follow followers please
2: you can follow at sportsology if you want to follow us um i'm at eckland and uh that's it for today remember without the buzz it is just hockey we will be back on monday enjoy